So, that moment, I'm not going to go into it, but if just listening to the sound of that, if you've already seen the episode, we've seen it twice, that was a moment. And we're going to purposefully bury the lead because, once again, we're going to go through the episode scene by scene because so much happened and because everything's falling into place, to start with that would just, you know, we could talk about that probably for 45 minutes, that thing we're going to talk about. But let's sort of, let's go through this episode to see how we got there. Sounds good. It wasn't as obviously that last episode to, be, to beat the band, The Spoils of War, is probably one of the best episodes in the show's history. But this one wasn't bad either. This had a lot of... Uh, First meetings and a lot of reunions. We're doing our reunions and some really strange mashups that I'm totally. We were just both loving it, right? Yeah. Well, it, let's, yeah. But let's get to it. Let's let's, let's start. Uh, we start at the reach. Uh, this is Braun once again. Braun fishing Jamie out of the drink. They're on the other side of the fighting. Um, that 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 battle that reminds us of the was the fire of the. Fire of Gold or the Gold Fire, the the battle that happened way back when between the Targaryens and uh, the people in the Reach. So they're kind of shouting out to that battle. We didn't really mention that in the last episode, but whatever. So we, we're coming, they're coming to, they're, they're flopping on the bank. They've gotten away from the major battle. And Bronn, again, he needs like five castles uh, and all the gold and whatever he wants because he, he saved Jamie's bacon. But when they come out of the water... They, Jamie flips over on his back and he said, you could have killed me. Lucky an accusation. Yeah, I just, I thought that was a little odd. I mean, first of all, you, you just stared down a dragon and you almost died. Like a dumbass. It's, it's, I, I don't think that, it's weird that the first thing that came out of his mouth was, you could have killed me. But I, how could, but I don't even understand how he could have killed him. Oh, let him drown. Or, but it wasn't like, oh, you could have killed me. You saved me. I didn't take it at that. I think he was sort of like, you could have killed me. Is that just Nikolaj not, you know, laying that line down right? It was very confusing. Uh, well, I took it as, as if, you know, you saved me. You could have. You could have killed me. You could have let me drown. Me. Which, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Fine. Which, but was still. Is, that's is not the weird. way he said it. You know. Yeah. Neither one of those makes sense to me. So I must be missing something. Uh, but Bron, of course, lets him know. He said, listen to me, cunt. Till I get what I'm owned, owed. A dragon doesn't get to kill you. You don't get to kill you. Only I get to kill you. So I'm like, okay. And then the next sentence, he's like, um, well, when it comes to dragons, that's where we part ways. I thought that whole scene really was weird. It was bizarre. It was. Um, I would just, more obvious lines to me would have been, hey, now can I have the castle? What do you, you know, in a thankful, grateful Jamie... Um, I liked Bronze line into the in the middle of this, but I still, yeah, it was a strange exchange. And the only thing that really Jamie's thinking about is, oh, I need to get back to Cersei and tell her how this went, yeah. and basically how we're kind of we're fucked because he's now seen Drogon in action. You know what was the joke on Twitter? Uh, Danny brought nukes to a Ren fair, <laughs> so. And we'll get to that. So now we're at the battlefield of the Reach. Tyrion's walking through the ashes of the battle. 
the Dothraki are taking their spoils of war. And clearly he's conflict he's con- he's uh, conflicted again, you know, he's seeing what Drogon has done to the Lannister army. Um so there's a lot of shit going on in his mind about, yeah, we won, but it would cost and you know, probably knew these men and they're wearing his house's sigil the whole nine. And Demi are over here with Danny addressing the Lannister army. And she's got Drogon in the background up on a big rock. And this scene is crazy because this is her, this is her shades of Mad King for me. This is her Targaryen nature because none of these people have seen all of the good. In fact, the first thing she starts it with is, I know Cersei's told you I do all this bad shit. And you're like, oh, she's about to win them over with like a speech. She's going to be hearts and minds. And she's going to be like giving them some options. <laughs> and her options, yeah, I'm not like that at all. But in my next breath, bend the knee or die. Well, it's kind of like what um, what she did with the slavers, right? I mean, the she kind of did. The way she handled them. But no, her choice when she was at the, the sacking of Marine when they're up on the cliff, right? She says to the soldiers that are backing up those three dudes, she's like, you know, Tyrion says, you can stay or you can go. You can stay and bend the knee and serve your queen or stay and die and serve these guys or get out of here. And they all dropped their swords and ran. So she doesn't give these guys the option to leave because strategically – you can't. She had already, she had the heads of state standing in front of her in Marine. She doesn't have Cersei standing in front of her. So the option now is bend the knee or die. And when just a few dudes bend the knee, Drogon, you know, nails the point by like laying some mighty dragon roar in their faces. And then everybody pretty much drops to their knee except for Randall and Dickon Tarly. And we knew, kind of knew this was coming, right? Yeah, yeah. They, I, I didn't really totally expect it, but you didn't. Yeah. Well, we kind of didn't. We didn't get an answer whether they died in the the battle. Yeah, that's that's the thing I was wondering is like if they had died in the battle. But now you know we know that they didn't. They had another death. I just didn't see Randall bending the knee. I mean, as soon as I saw him not bend the knee, I'm like, this dude. He's he may be a dick. Sorry, a dick gone dad but he's not he's a man of honor to a certain degree and i think he knows that as soon as he changed sides there's just kind of a weird you know he felt bad about changing sides and then maybe he sees this as his comeuppance but he's not gonna you know change allegiances again because Tyrion's like hey it seems like your allegiance is pretty flexible yeah because you went from Lydia Lena to now Cersei, and what's one more chick that you're bending the knee to? And, and Randall well, I mean, decides you, to draw his line in the sand. He actually betrayed the person he swore fealty to. Yeah. So, I mean, this was his karmic you know. moment. And I, I guess I don't understand how Dickon's going down with the ship, because we know they, for all they know, Sam's at the Citadel. That's where he's going to stay, right? Um, there's there's the ladies of, you know, the Lady Tardy's back at, you know, Horn uh, Hall, Horn Hill, and these guys don't seem like the type who go like ladies can rule the world. They they seem to be on, on the misogynist tip. So I thought it was a strange move for Dickon to also go. Well, I'll you know 
this is the end of House Charlie. And maybe they maybe there's something to that. They they both felt like we've betrayed uh, Highgarden and Terrells. Maybe it's our time to go well, out. There's something was strange there. I'm missing things. I'm but, sure. But even even Tyrion said, "Look, um, we've already lost one great house. You know why should we lose another one? Bend the knee." And he looked at his dad, and his dad was like, "Yeah, bend the knee. At least let, save this. Save the. You know, I don't know. I mean, did at that moment were they thinking, oh, we've got one more son?' I don't think that. Crossed I don't think so. I don't think Randall even thinks Sam counts." Does yeah, he? I don't. I don't think he does. Plus, as far as as he knows, he's still member of the Night's Watch, so he he, he yeah. already gave up that claim. I don't even think they're thinking about Sam at all. But I know that Randall Randall takes this moment to like uh, shame Tyrion about the side that he's chosen and being a turncoat. But I found the whole speech to be hypocritical because he just did this to Elena. Uh, he did this to Bloodkin in a way, not Bloodkin, but like they were homies from the way back. And, and so it's like, I found his speech to be a little irritating. Yeah. And hypocritical. It, it, it was sort of, um, now that, now that I'm thinking about it, it was like, what, why, what, why are you choosing to, to, um, to now honor your. Right. And to lecture Tyrion about sides. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It just seemed like I was fine with uh, Randall dying. I felt a little bad about uh, Dickon, unfortunate name, and now he's going to go down in history as the Dick Off guy. It's just like it's not. Man, that song they're going to write about Dickon Tarly is probably going to be harsh. Some loot players putting it together right now. Uh, so that was an interesting scene. But there we see a scary side of Danny that we knew that's kind of always been there. Yeah. Her well, quiet kind of sentencing of death is Dracaris. It was just sort of like very low level. I, I mean, I, 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 she, she, she had shades of this all the way. So she has. You know, it's just it's sort of and it's sort of the same thing. It's like even remember when she burned down the um that the where the 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 um the heads of the the cows the cows oh, were yeah. and it was just like she's cool with it. She's just brutal. Yeah, she came back to Marine and was like, "Oh no, no, we you, we tried your negotiating thing, Tyrion. Now we're gonna go." Yeah, yeah. So she's always been like this, and she's you know been in power. There's been a part of her that's like, you know, I'm gonna break the wheel, and that's what she's telling these guys. They're getting like a four second PowerPoint, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, we, that just sounds awesome. You're just saying that you're not." But you think it's shades of Mad King. It's definitely, I don't know if it's Mad King per se. It's just a Targaryen way. This is kind of how they roll. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if your ultimate goal is to lead, but it was kind of a weird, harsh moment. And we'll get to yeah. what two other people thought about that exactly. in a minute. Yeah. So so everybody's bending the knee. Now, here's my question. Does this mean that these, these Westerosi are now going to serve alongside the Dothraki to attack Cersei, is that does that what's going to roll? They're, they're going to like what these these guys are useless well, in the Dothraki uh, army. Yeah, I mean maybe they can you know guard the the shitter or something. <laughs> because you know. basically they could, work, they could work in in the cafeteria. They're going to be washing a lot yeah. of Dothraki hair and butts because there's nothing that these dudes are going to be able to even bring to the battlefield. 
So that's that's interesting. Yeah. It's like you're conquering an army that's basically useless to you. And they're all – are those all Tarly men? Because it looked like they all had the same um, – I think they're Tarleys. I think they're a mixture of – Tarleys and Lannisters. Lannisters and the, 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 the houses that have uh, pledged fealty. I don't think it's strictly – uh, Tarly. They all got matching uniforms then. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens when you roll on a battlefield. Well, I mean, sometimes it's like if you're from one house, maybe you're wearing your your old your other uniform. Because I was just looking at it, and it looked like well, they well, were all the same. You don't want to confuse things because, you know, with like Battle of the Bastards, you had the flayed men's side versus, you know, John had nothing. They didn't even have a flag. They don't even have a flag. You know, the wildlings are not sitting around making fucking flags. They got one one. <laughs> or they had one one. Oh, still too soon. It's like right when you realize they didn't have a flag, you're dead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the veil rolled up with their flag, so I guess that was... Fuck the veil. Right. Okay, so we're back at King's Landing, and Jamie has made a beeline back to Cersei to, to tell her. Now, she's not happy that they've lost this major battle. She's She's feeling the burn, literally, of what's happened to their army and they've lost heavy numbers. He doesn't have a count yet, but she's, she's pretty pissed off and he's just looking her dead in her eyes and saying, there's no way our army is prepared to fight the Dothraki like this. These guys fought, they fight on a whole other level. You know, he doesn't even get to tell her these some bitches were, were shooting arrows in the back of moving horses. It, and they have a fucking dragon. If she rolls up with three dragons and all of her Dothraki horde, because they didn't use the whole Dothraki army. They're, they don't even, haven't even put the Unsullied into, the, into the, the game. So if you roll with Unsullied and Dothraki and the three dragons, you're toast. So what I find interesting is that she's kind of like, she has it right when she says, if we surrender, we'll probably die. If we fight, we'll probably die. I know my choices. Yeah, she already made up her mind. So she's like, we're going to go out on our, our feet. And she's like, you know, what do you want me to do? Sue for peace? You know, we're going to die either way. So they both have points. They're both kind of stuck. She talks about using mercenaries. And even Jamie swats that away. Yeah, he's he's like, what is it? You can't pay a, a, a an army that'll fight as well as this Dothraki yeah. Onslaught. The Dothraki are just doing it for shits and grins. They, they, yeah, what do you say? They relish it. They yeah. enjoy this. They love to die in battle. They're like the Vikings. You're like, I'm going to Valhalla. These guys are going to go to the great grass sea in the sky. They're like, woohoo, die in battle is an honorable thing, you know? I mean, five of them die at a wedding, you know, just, just for – it's not a good wedding until, like, what, three yeah. of them die at least? Three and deaths just is a good Tuesday. wedding. Right. <laughs> so you can see that she's a little – Shook, but then Jamie lays on the information. Okay, so we have a thing where um, she she he says um, to, she tell Jamie tells Cersei that Olena killed Joffrey and not yeah. Tyrion. Um, and instead of like feeling. Any kind of sympathy for her little brother, she immediately goes to, oh, you gave her that poison and gave her an easy out, and she told you this afterwards, and I think she's lying, and he sort of makes his case for her. There is no reason for her to have made this up. 
Yeah. And then she ends with kind of like, she should have died screaming. So she's getting, she's getting bad news here. She's like, we got our asses kicked and roasted, literally. And now I'm finding out Alina took her kid off the planet and she didn't even get to flay her at the wall or whip her through the streets or all the other choices. That Put she her head on there. a spike or something right. like that outside of the Red Keep. Okay, so over here at Dragonstone, this was the moment we were talking about. This is the moment we opened with where Danny and Drogon, they've been gone for like 15 minutes. They just rolled over to the reach. Yeah, and John, <laughs> yeah, she's coming back and John is just sort of taking a stroll. Yeah, as one does. Out on the cliff. He's, he's cliff brooding. He's cliff brooding by himself. That's what he does. And Drogon uh, pulls right up to him and lands in front of him. I think Danny is like, oh, let's go over and see John, my lover nephew. And Drogon lands right in front of John, who, I mean, obviously, John is not stupid. He's like, this thing is huge and it's a nuclear weapon and it's landing in front of me. But he does, he stands his ground. And not only does he stand his ground, as Drogon leans in to sniff him, he takes his glove off. He, yeah, he removes his glove and puts his hand up. And the interesting thing is, John doesn't even know kind of what he's doing. He knows he's not afraid all of a sudden. He's not, you know, he's, he reaches out to, to Drogon, and Drogon is, like, closes his eyes, blinks at him like, dude, you are so a Targaryen. Yeah. I smell my kind. And we're going, this is like this awesome moment. John has no idea. He just has the, the ball sack to reach out and touch this huge dragon. Probably the only person besides Danny and Tyrion. It, it was just like Tyrion in the cave. Yeah. You know, just sort of that there was this, there, I mean, you knew that there was some type of fear, but at the same time there was this settling where he, like Tyrion just walks right up to him. He does. I mean, not without kind of like a little dookie in your pants, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's, you know, that's, it, there's the same type of. There's a of, bravery there. Yeah. So, and again, people have automatically said that Tyrion walking up to Rhaegal and Viserion uh, was sort of like he is a Targ. But I, I don't know that that's always the case. I mean, it could be. It yeah. could be that we find yeah. that out. That's awesome. I mean, I'm all happy for Tyrion being a Targaryen because God knows the Lannisters ain't done shit for him. But, uh. That moment, we have our, our other piece of confirmation. We know that John is a Targ, and he is the last person to know. Danny doesn't know. But she just, here's the thing. So she's sort of in awe of Drogon not snapping John's head off and taking this moment in. And then when she jumps down from Drogon, and he flies off probably to tell his brothers, hey, there's a Targaryen down there along with Mom. Um, this is the conversation I'm imagining those guys having in this guy. She doesn't go up to John and go, (laughs) (laughs) however they would say it. She goes up to John and she's just like, yeah, rather than going, look at you, checking that out. That's amazing. She's just like, they're my children. He's like, they're beasts. She goes, don't talk about my kids like that. It's a strange, another moment where the, it's weirdly written. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect that to be the first response. It was, it was odd. Because you know, if, it, if it was me, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? That was weird. That was crazy. What's up with you, bro? Yeah, I would totally have yeah. something to say about that. But, uh, we, but we do have this opportunity for her to go, hey, by the way, uh, when Davos said you got a knife to the heart, you know, we were about to she, – she's actually closing in on that and says, well, that, was that a figure of speech? And we know that John doesn't lie. 
He's just a guy. He's a guy who just doesn't lie. Um, I mean, most of the time, I think he's a truth teller. And I think he's about to tell her. Now we know he didn't tell her in the cave. Now we know that yeah. they didn't do any of this in the cave. And before he can go, well... Something else happened in the cave. Yeah. Maybe it's a look. I don't think they had cave sex. I just think they had a moment. I think what we saw is what we saw. It's what happened. But in this moment, you know, he's a, I think he's about to tell her. Well, well, now that you ask. And then the Dothraki roll up. And who do they have with them? Who's back? Jorah Mormont, back from the grayscale. He's, he's had his uh, skin scraped off. This is another Twitter comment. This does not belong to me, but I thought it was a very clever observation. Dude gets his skin literally scraped off, and he's still friend-zoned. She goes, yeah, that's my friend. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's like he cut, the, he cut the eye to John, and then I just was thinking, it's like, fuck, another young guy. Here's a guy, <laughs> another guy with a, uh, his hair swept back who's like, Half my age, getting close to the queen. Shit. And at this point, it's not that you know how I feel about sex scenes and stuff. I find it a distraction most of the time. They're not written very well, blah, blah, blah. But we don't even have to show it. I just, at one point, I want Danny to like take Jorah somewhere just off to the side and just let him have a moment. Just come on, snap off a piece of that mother of dragons just for a second, man. But no, not at all. But it was touching to see them together. Do you know, I, because of what had happened over there at, um, what was it, the Reach and then that, the, the, the killing of the Tarleys, mm-hmm. I honestly thought that Sir Jorah was going to say, you know, um, a guy, a maester, Sam Tarley. I, me too. You know, and that would have... We would have thought that's... Like, oh, wait, there's yeah. another Tarly. Uh, oh, wait, Sam's all right? Yeah, and, John would have picked up on yeah, that and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But no, like, that's kind of like... I think the show is now just... It's toying with us. They know they can do that. They know they can just put these things in front of you. And I think that's part of it. We're just sitting here going, but... But see... But, get back, but see that guy? See, we don't... Have, and they do this all throughout this entire episode. That's, I felt like I was just kind of laughing through this episode going, they're just, I don't think they're fucking with us. I think they're, they're closing in on things. But sometimes yeah. it's just like, dude, just, or, or can Jorah see Longclaw in, uh, you know, John's belt and go, oh, yeah, family sword. Tully was mine at one point. How did it end up in, you know, and, and hope, when's that going to happen? We'll get to that. Maybe it's going to happen on the field of battle. So, I was uh, the th- same thing about the belt. I was waiting for him to go like, "Yo, dude, would you <laughs> right? Would you get that? That's our house sword. Uh, that's mine's. Yeah, and the, the, the wind is whipping his coat around, but not once does it blow it back from the sword. So you're like, okay, I guess we're going to save these moments. We're not going to be standing on the cliff going Samuel and Longclaw and blah blah blah, and then Drogon rolls over and goes, oh, and by the way, you're a Targaryen. Hey, mom, I got some news for you. So well, that's not going to happen. I mean, yeah. that's what memes are for on the internet. But see, if if we if we just had everyone, just you know. Go check out. Just go check in with Bran. Everybody just needs to call Bran. You know it. You know it. it all the dots would be put together. Bran would just he's sit got there. All the answers. Yeah, he just roll it all out. But see, John doesn't know. He just found out that you know Bran's alive. But we'll get to that moment. There's a lot of get to moments. So at Winterfell, Bran's hanging out by you know the Godswood tree. <laughs> 
his spot. That's that's his spot. I don't think that actor is ever going to move from the Godswood tree. It's just that one set the entire time. And he uh, wargs into – does he warg into the murder of crows or does he uh, warg into the lead raven? I think the, I think multiples because you see that the, the eyes flashing. Across several birds. Yeah. That's what I thought I saw. And then he sends these birds out on a, a recon mission uh, to the wall, beyond the wall, and sees the undead army uh, outside of Eastwatch where Tormund and the gang are holed up, the wildlings are holding. And then they, they you know, the Night King looks up at the the ravens and they go, oh shit, we got to get back. So they go back to Bran and they're on their way back. And Bran just turns and looks up at Maester Walken and says, we got we to gotta send a bunch of ravens, dude. We got to text a whole bunch of people, well, at least two, and tell them what I just saw beyond the wall. Because this is kicking in... This is getting our story revved up, right? Yeah. So they sent out a bunch of ravens. And at the Citadel, um, when one of the, the texts that he sends, he sends a raven to the Citadel to tell these dudes, hey, by the way, saw the undead army outside Eastwatch. And so uh, Archmaster Slughorn, it's his, by the way, he's Archmaster now that, Ebros. That, that table that they have, is that, is that all the just like, that's probably the boss maesters. All the bosses? I would say so. The, the regional managers? The, the regional managers. And they're sitting around, and, and Sam's, like, you know, loading himself up with more texts, old ancient texts he's having to re-transcribe. And he hears about this raven that's been sent from Bran and about the White Walkers and this army. And they immediately go into, what is this crippled Stark talking about well they don't even know it's a dark do they sure, I mean, the brandon stark you're getting the raven from brandon well, stark i guess so because well it because sam was like remember when he his first thing he was like brandon stark yeah they were and they were just like some cripple yeah yeah i think that well yeah but so I think but it would say Stark. i mean of course it would yeah it's it would just a, say there's a seal on anonymous there. yeah so they they're sitting around and they're immediately <laughs> i ain't gonna tell you bitch <laughs> right just random let's just totally discount this so he gets this this communication from Brand saying, hey, shit's going down. Literally, this stuff is coming for us. Sam goes into alarm mode, and then these old dudes are sitting around just sort of like writing it off and going, ravens and seeing things and magic and blah and blah. Here's the guy who are literally in charge of the library that has all these stories within their walls that are long forgotten, probably in some of the books that Sam is even translating that no one's read. That are back from those days. Because this is thousands and thousands of years ago. The long night had happened before. And nobody's reading those old books, right? Especially not these guys. So Sam makes a suggestion because he can't hold it in. And, and Archmaster Ebros, Slughorn, um, Jim Broadbent, says, Okay, I know you got something to say about this. Because Sam's jumping from one foot to the other. And he's like, look, this kid... This crippled has survived this entire long time, and he's been beyond the wall, and maybe he's onto something. Also, why don't you guys send ravens to Westeros and warn people? They respect you guys. They're going to listen to you, and you could cut this off before it starts. This is why I'm here. We were this whole reason that Sam goes to the Citadel is try to figure out how to fight the white walkers and prevent this war to come 
And what do they do? They brush him off. They say this could be a plot by Daenerys. Yeah, to to get the armies um, out of that area. Right. Yeah. And writes off the ravens as fake news. And these old maesters, they just they're too lazy to believe in anything anymore. It's just it's been the way it's been. They're doing status quo. And you can see that Sam is really frustrated with this. It's like, I'm just sitting here doing what? I'm going to be copying these texts while these White Walkers come over the Citadel walls with, you know, icy knives in their teeth. So he kind of kind of huffs out of the room, very frustrated. Do you, do you think, do you think uh, Maester Slughorn is really oblivious to what Sam is saying? Do you think he's like, that's an interesting point. Like, how do you mean? Like, what do you think that? Well, he's... I, I, I kind of, I have this feeling that you know he he's listening to Sam, and he knows that he has another faction that he has to. Is he pulling a Jaken? Kind of, that's Jaken what I'm Agar? kind of thinking. Like, sort of. I'm letting you go on purpose. I'm doing this to frustrate you, so you'll so, act exactly because his hands are tied. He can't. He's got to look like he's the dude in charge. Yeah. When he sort of sees in Samwell. And maybe he actually and, is putting him through these paces to, like you said, like exactly what. To, now to now I'm seeing what you're laying down. Because it's like you know, he stole the key. Remember, he stole the key a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago. He still has the key. So it's like I'm pretty sure that he knows that this guy has the key. He's been going in there. I, I don't think he's completely oblivious to what Sam's doing. He think he's just letting him do this because maybe he knows this is something that needs to happen, or he's just following his instincts. Yeah, maybe. I like that. I would it, love it, yeah. that that we would have a clever archmaester who's like, okay, I can't do it in front of these guys, but I need you to go break the rules. It seems like when you break the rules, because again, let's go back to him curing grayscale. Yeah, in an adult, uh, the first known case of its kind in modern history in Westeros, and you would think he would be running in the streets, but maybe he's like, well, I can't shake these guys up. I don't want to be that guy. And that maybe made him a believer. Who knows what this maester, this archmaester knows, or it could just be what it is. Yeah. I don't know, but I like that. It's an interesting point, but Sam huffs out of the room. Right. And Ebros tells all the dudes gathered around. He's like, maybe he might be, you know, acting this way because Ebros. he hasn't uh, been told that uh, his father and his brother were burnt alive by Drogon. Uh, just haven't had the heart to tell him yet. So Sam doesn't have any idea that he's the really, truly the heir to, to Hornhill. Because he's not, is he? No, he's still part of the, the Night's Watch. I don't think This is a question. Yeah, I I think he's still part of the Night's Watch. Yeah. And he's studying to be a maester to return. Um, but he's also broken some rules like he's with a chick. He's got a kid. He's a progressive. He's a progressive. <laughs> <laughs> the brother of the Night's Watch. I mean, obviously, uh Eddard back there would take him back if he if he came back to the Night's Watch. I think the current head the current uh Oh, that guy? Yeah, I think Ed would take him back and go, of course, you're welcome back here. Old guard, he would have been totally out. So at this point, we think, okay, this is what uh, what's going on. So am I saying Horn Hill? Is it Horn Hill or it, Horn Hall? I think it's Horn, it's Horn Hill. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, so. And he has the the house um, Valerian. Yeah, Valerian steel sword. He sure does. 
We should probably know the name of that sword. I used to know all of the names of the swords and everything about them, but I do not. Uh, in this current incarnation of my brain stem, if I was a true nerd, I'd know that. I'd know everything about that sword and be calling it by its proper name. Uh, today I'm a lazy nerd. So at Dragonstone, uh, you have various centurion, and they're they're sitting there, you know, at the foot of the Dragonstone throne, talking about those Tarly executions. And Varys is giving Tyrion kind of a, a side look about, hey man. Heart's Bane. Heart's Bane. Which is a huge name to remember. Heart's Bane. There you go. See, we recovered. Thank you, Internet. So Varys is sitting there, you know, looking at Tyrion like, I don't know, she seems like that was a little crazy. That was a little harsh. And Tyrion says, you know, I'm her hand, not her head. Because when she rolls back to John, let's go back to that cliff scene where, you know, John's nose to nose with Drogon. Their conversation after that little moment was where he goes, how did it go? You weren't gone long. And she goes, no, I wasn't. And she goes, I have a fewer enemies than I did yesterday. And again, kind of that harshness that's in Danny, that, that military leader that's in her heart of hearts. Uh, so very Centurion are here having this conversation and various starts going, Hey man, when I worked for her pop, uh, the mad King, I'm doing what you're doing right now. When when he would set people on fire and I heard the screams, I'm like, I'm not the one doing it. When I would see their hair catch on fire, I'm not the one doing it. Um, so so Tyrion and Varys think what she did to the Tarleys was harsh. out of line. And and not a good sign. Especially to Varys, who's... who's saw pretty much the entire reign of her dad. She saw that whole, he saw that whole thing go down. So they are notably worried. And I thought this was a telling moment for these two counselors to be sitting here having this conversation. Again, no scene is without its purpose. So is this a sign of things to come? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that they, I I don't think anything was wrong with with what she did frying the Tarleys. She I mean she said it. She said I gave them a choice. Yeah, I see it, but but I think again, Barris has got he's got a very good reason to be worried because he's seen Targ behavior, you know, and Tyrion was not exactly happy with it. And they both said that she is you know a far fetch from her her dad and with good advisors she'll never be that that's true maybe it's a gut check for them probably but but like you know like 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 very said it's like somehow you have to get her to understand yeah but but she's all she listens and then she goes okay that none of that stuff that i just tried uh worked we lost dorn in the iron islands and all this other stuff so now i'm gonna roll this way and you know what for all intents and purposes uh she got it done uh she got it done she she got right out there in the field and went straight to war. So and she's not sitting back there on the horse in the, behind the line, like a, a lot of generals do. She's literally riding into battle on the back of a fire breathing beast and could have died with Drogon had she been struck yeah, down. She's going head to head with the scorpion. Yeah, she is, and she didn't even you know. And you know they're gonna have thirty thousand of those next time. So 
We also see, we cut to, I'm going to call it, I always like to call it the Dragonstone Conference Room. <laughs> uh, their, their war room. And, and Bran has sent this raven to John. He's been sending out his ravens all morning. And so he sent this raven to John. And Varys actually admits to Tyrion that he's read it. Because Tyrion's like, what did it say? He goes, this is a sealed document, Tyrion. He's like, no, but what did it say? He goes, nothing good. So we're in this scene where John now learns from this text from Bran that, hey, Bran's alive and that Arya's alive. So he's like, what? But he doesn't even really get a chance to sort of celebrate the fact that Arya, his favorite sister, is alive and that Bran is alive. These are huge things for him to know. But Bran sees the Night King and is telling John directly, he's like, okay, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And Danny's like, I thought you needed my army. He's like, well, fight with the men that we have. I got to go. Like, they're, out, they're outside of Eastwatch. That's where I sent all these guys. So he's, like, not even fooling with her. And I think it's Tyrion who has the idea, right? Is it Tyrion who has the idea that, hey, we need to get through this business with Cersei? You know, we, we just can't fight this war. I think he's also trying to maybe save the Lannisters from being just completely devastated, right? Possibly. So I know that Haggis is worried about it. He's in there. He's very concerned. Um, but Tyrion comes up with this idea of like, hey, maybe if we bring one of these undead soldiers to surf Cersei and shows her literally the undead, you know, convince her to just calm the hell down and we'll decide who war, you know, rules the Seven Kingdoms later. But, you know... Let's not just keep on with this madness. Let's bring this White Walker to Cersei so she can see it. And they're like, how the hell are we going to get this done? And Tyrion's like, well, I'll go to King's Landing. And they're like, how the hell are you going to do that? You know, because he's going to talk to Jamie. That's the only way he can talk to Cersei. Because yeah. Cersei would just have Tyrion killed. Yeah. So then Davos has got the smuggler skill. So Davos is going to smuggle Tyrion into King's Landing. So he can meet with Jamie and go, hey, toss this, pitch this idea to Cersei about bringing a White Walker. So this is a complicated plan because John has got to, he's got to peace out. He's just got to get out of there and get back to his people and prepare to do whatever he can, right? Um, and on this recon mission, Jorah's just back. Jorah offers to uh, go along with John and... John said the free folk is gonna will help us, and she said, "Look, I haven't given you leave yet. I haven't told you you could leave." And he looks at her and says, "I don't need your permission. I'm a king. I'm a king." So that scene is just kind of like with him at least. She's she's like Drogon. She's sensing something about John, and I don't think it's all this. I think they are attracted to each other. I'm starting to see it a little bit more. But I think it's more like she's starting to feel something about this guy. This, she, see, she sees his honor. Yeah. And she's like... Well, she, there's no, you know, like, it's not like the initial initial meeting where there was that back and forth. Yeah. You know, he says, I'm a king. And, you know, I came here and I trusted you, a stranger. You know, now it's... You should trust me, a stranger. And right. she just, you know, takes a breath and just nods her head. And she sees sense when she sees sense. That's why, I mean, I'm with you on the killing of the Tarleys thing. I, I don't think she, she's a very astute 
leader. She's lost her head a couple of times, but for the most part, she te- she s- tends to know what she's doing more than the people around her most times, in my mind. I think so, too. I think she's a lot more savvy than she lets on. I think she's probably one of the savviest leaders that we've seen no. um, of all of the leaders. Yeah, it's not like... And that even includes John to a certain degree. Yeah, it, it, it's not like a, you know, a plotting type of savvy like Cersei or Littlefinger. Well, I mean, I think when, when you've walked out of a couple of burning buildings and you've uh, given birth to dragons and you're basically who you are uh, and you've you've conquered the Dothraki and you set a bunch of slaves free and you have the Unsullied at your feet. I mean, your hype is real. There is no hype. That's who you are. So you can power trip all you want to. You're on. You're literally deserving of that power trip. So, okay, now we're at Winterfell, and Sansa is holding court, and it seems like all of these dudes who, God, I really, the people of the North, the houses of the North really get on my nerves. The Glovers and uh, all the, the, the rest of these guys are standing around going, the king should be here, the king should be here. And I'm like, didn't we settle this before? Did we not already have this conversation? Um, it was Glover and... Um sweet robin's cast out yeah the veil guys yeah and they're like sort of like questioning why john isn't there and saying hey you know we would prefer it to be you my lady you should be the you should be the person running things here and Arya sort of standing back in the back of the great hall kind of giving her some eyeballs like huh what just happened there sansa and sansa looks up after she she goes look you know i'm waiting for john to come back I hear you guys, but I'm waiting for John. You know, I, I trust John. And Arya's just cutting her eyes to her. And Sansa looks a little bit like, my sister is totally spooky now. What was that look about? And so they're walking along, and you could see there's this tension that we didn't really expect to happen between these two sisters where Arya's like, why didn't you step uh, stand up for John? And Sansa's like, you know, I have to hear people out. I can't just shut them down. And they end up going into Sansa's bedroom, which is their parents' former bedroom. And Arya's like, hey, man, I'm kind of, I'm seeing something in you. She calls out Sansa saying, you know, Sansa says, I don't really want to be in power. And she goes, oh, no, you're thinking about it right now. She's reading Sansa and saying, you were always like this. You want better things for yourself to make yourself feel better, uh, feel better than other people and, and, be superior to other people. You want this. You don't want to. You're trying to force it out of your mind, but it's all you can think about. So we see this growing conflict between Arya and Sansa where Sansa's like trying to deny that she wants power while also keeping her level head about, you know, organizing these houses and running the North in John's stead. Yeah, that's what, that's what um, you know, Arya said. I mean, and Sansa says, I got to keep these, these guys together. I can't just lop off heads. Yeah, well, and then Arya's like, "Sure, you can if you just cut off some heads." Yeah, you can rule and and that's like that. that's the sort of approach that that Danny has, right? Is that you've got to come from a point of strength? Sure. So it's 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 I see that same sort of the sort of this you know, uh, putting those two together, uh, Danny and and Arya. They're they're still they're that they're hard. Yeah, you know they're just very. Coming from these two different sides and two different experiences. Yes, absolutely. So now we're at King's Landing. We're on the beach. Uh, the first line's out of the boat. This is Tyrion and Davos. This is hilarious. The first thing they say when they roll up is, um, 
Tyrion says, the last time I was here, I killed my father with a crossbow. And Davo says, the last time I was here, you killed my son with wildfire. And it was just so quippy and hilarious and just kind of like, these are two horrible things that have happened in their lives. And like, yep, yep. Yeah, see, those are the jokes that I expect from Davos. Yeah. That felt like a Davos joke. Right? You Apart just, from You don't like, like it when Davos goes blue. Well, I just he has he's never done it before. He does it again here. But we'll we'll get to his his latest his uh, oh, latest yeah. blue joke. That's true. So Tyrion thinks that Davos is just going to hang out on the boat and wait for him to come back and Davos is like, Oh no no no. I got my own business um here. And Tyrion goes, what if somebody takes the boat? And Davos goes, well, we're fucked. We're fucked. <laughs> Make it quick. Make it snappy. So this next scene was, was interesting because Bronn is leading Jamie underneath uh, the keep. And he's got his practice sword. And you think they're going to train together. And the dragon skulls are all around them. And I'm like, this is going to be an interesting scene. What are we doing this for? And sure enough, Bronn is leading Jamie to meet with Tyrion. Did you know that was going to be Tyrion? I had no idea. Yeah. I wasn't. Ke- I wasn't keeping up very well. I just thought, what are we doing with this scene? Why is Bronn and Jamie yeah. going to have this sword moment when we know that Jamie's pretty much shit with a sword? I don't think he's ever regained his swordsmanship back. I haven't seen any evidence of it. You know, I don't know if he's learned to fight left-handed. But anyway, so as soon as he sees Tyrion, it's, he is not happy. There's no running to each other's arms. Because Jamie is, like, super pissed. And I think Jamie would have maybe made a move toward violence if he didn't know that uh, Olena framed Tyrion. Because Tyrion uses that as a defense. He goes, hey, man, because you killed our father. He's like, he was going to execute me, buddy. And he knew I was innocent. And he starts going into this whole thing about he only wanted to kill me because of the monster that he thought I was. And Jamie cuts him off and is like, what do you want? Yeah. See, I, 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 I've had this hope for Jamie that he would, you know, he'd be like that Darth Vader at the end, going turning to the right. But I was like, the more I see him, the, the he's like just so Cersei's just. I don't know. I think so. It's coming. I don't think he's gonna. I think there's gonna be a redemption before his death. I think before Jamie leaves this mortal coil, he's going to have his about face. I think he's gonna have his moment. He's going to have his, his Darth moment. Well, the only way that happens is if he, like, kills Cersei. He's the little brother. Sure. Possibly. You know. And I think that's just, I mean, honestly, I don't think there's any huge mystery in the, all these theories. I said it's going to be Theon and all this kind of stuff. It's probably just going to be Jamie. So Tyrion manages to make this case to Jamie. Somehow he's like, look, Danny is proposing an armistice, not a surrender. But an armistice, we're going to put this thing on hold. We're going to show you what a White Walker looks like. There's a bigger war uh, coming. Please talk her into seeing reason, okay? So this is an option. Otherwise, we kind of both know we were at that battle, man. I saw it. You saw it. We saw what happens. It ain't going to be a good day if Danny shows up in full force. So... Then we're in Flea Bottom. Wait, we never left that that um, that underground scene with with um, Jamie saying, "Okay, 
There was no consensus. We don't see it at all. We don't see what his answer is. We just know. We don't even really know how Tyrion continued to make his case. I think he just started it, and then we we cut out of that straightly. Now we're at flea bottom with Davos. And he goes into this, you know, I I knew it. I mean, I really actually kind of knew this when he started heading up the beach because I knew that the actor was spotted at the airport. Cheating. I know, but this is when I was covering. This is when I was writing uh, about Game of Thrones for a website last year. So. This is I had to know this shit. Yeah. So I knew it when I saw the the metalworking stuff. Right. So he walks into this forge, forge. that's here and forgery. I guess where it's is the forge in Flea Bottom? I don't know. I was just reading it as Flea Bottom, but it's probably I think on so. Steel I think so. Street. Yeah. 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 And he goes in and of course we know it's gonna be Gendry. Gendry. And then the show does this really awesome thing that I love about Game of Thrones is that they actually joked, the cast joked about, you know, where's uh, Gendry? Is it Gendry or Gendry? I think it's Gendry. Yeah. It's where's like this that. dude? And I think Aiden Gillen, uh, not Aiden Gillen, but, um, oh, come on, who plays Davos? Oh, oh um, Cunningham. Cunningham, yeah. He makes a joke about he's probably still rowing. Um, so last time I saw you, we're still rolling. Yeah, and I think he <laughs> makes this joke, at Liam Cunningham, and uh, he, he makes this joke just off the cuff because he's a really funny Irishman, and they give him this line actually in the show. He said, I thought you might still be rowing, and I loved it. I had a little squee moment. It of, was pretty good. And he said, but I should, I should have known that you'd be here in the Street of Steel, and Gendry is like, yeah, I'm arming Lannisters right here, and Davos he starts to warn him about, look, man, things are changing. I wouldn't be trying to hide under Cersei's nose. Uh, we know how she, she goes and how she rolls. And you think there's going to be this scene where Davos makes this case to get Gendry to leave. And literally, he doesn't even get to finish the sentence. And Gendry's like, I'm out. I'm bouncing. Let's yep. go. Got my bag. It's right here. Got my, Got bag. my jump bag. It's ready to go. But it's been packed for four years. And, oh, just let me get my Warhammer. Because we know that Gendry is not a soldier, but he is a fighter. He's a brawler. That's what he said. He's a fighter. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love how Davos says, okay, hear me out. No, I'm gone. Let's, let's, we're out. It, just, it was a really awesome scene because he's just, he's out. He's just bounced. And he's got this amazing, uh, this amazing Warhammer. So, it was good to see Joe Dempsey return. Uh, obviously has um, not aged, but he's changed. And this is a this is a meaner, more seasoned uh, Gendry. Yeah, it was it was interesting because like when I was watching that opening, you know, we started off with King's Landing and and um, the Baratheon um, sigil. I was like, how are they? You're like, what is this? Why are they doing that? Well, when you said that, when you were saying Baratheon. It didn't even click in my brain that we were going to see Gendry because he's the only Baratheon of of any kind of note that we would even think about at this point. The only Baratheon we've met in the past that is probably still alive. Right. I don't know if if, uh, they managed to get to all the bastard children. He might be the only one. He might be our Moses in 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 the bushes. Uh, So he's got this Warhammer. (laughs) And they go – so Davos and Gendry and and, – Davos is telling him, look, your name is Clovis now. By the way, don't let Davos name Davos name things. He's terrible at naming things. Clovis? Really? This is the name that you come up with? 
So there, he's treating him like he's a servant, and they're down on the beach. And these two gold cloaks roll up on. It's now it's just Gendry and Davos, and you know Davos, being the old pirate that he is, the old smuggler that he is, goes into the hole. Oh, I guess you'll be wanting a bribe. And is it five five gold? You know, and they're like, oh no, it's fifteen gold each. You're older than you look. And uh, so he thinks we're done. And then they ask, what's in the boat? And this entire time, Gendry is looking down at that warhammer that's in the boat. And you're like, oh, you know he's going to use it. We know we're going to get a demonstration, right? So they go over, and then Davos is such a good liar. He's so quick on his feet. He's like, we have fermented crab. Of course he would have a cover. He would go and buy fermented crab and go, basically, this is the Westerosi Viagra. And you chew a little bit of this, and, you know. You're back in the game. You're back in the game. So we're thinking, okay, the gold cloaks are walking away. Everything's good. But wait. Tyrion's coming back. And he's kind of easy to spot in this world. First of all, he's Tyrion. Second of all, he's got this famous scar across his face. He's known for this scar. When they actually do the the play uh, in last season... The actor playing Tyrion has the scar across the face. It's just part of his his legend. And they start, you know, going, stepping to Tyrion. And, of course, we get the demonstration where Gendry just kills each of these dudes with one swing of the hammer to their faces. Like, yeah. right in the kisser. Like, that, the first one is, like, on the side of his face. And then the second one, his whole face is smashed in. It's like, damn, Gendry! A lot of pent-up emotions after three or four years. He's taking some shit out to people. He's working some shit out. And I don't know, what what did Tyrion say? Uh, he'll do. <laughs> oh, okay. Got got it. That that was your audition, and you have now won the part of being in our company. So now we're at King's Landing, and uh, Jamie's coming in to see Cersei and to talk to her, and Kyburn is leaving. And we know what's already probably transpired, that... Jamie comes to tell Cersei that he met up with Tyrion, and she doesn't look surprised at all. She already knows. She knows. And he lays it out. You know, Danny wants this armistice, and Danny is, I mean, Cersei is sitting here thinking, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, are you going to punish Bronn for uh, setting this up? She's focused on these other things, you know? And he's like... Seriously, they're going to bring you a White Walker and show it to you. And, of course, she's just so plotty, plotty, plot, plot. She's like, you know what? Great. We'll, we'll do this little stupid meeting. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to outwit this girl. We're going to fight like our father would. I'm going to be two or three and five steps ahead of her. And she just doesn't believe in, like, this peace thing. She wants all or nothing. She's not going to acquiesce to Danny. She may pretend about this armistice, but she's ready to go full bore. And I see in this, I don't know if you do, but I see in this visions of Cersei's doom. Yeah. I see that this is well, see, this, what's going to get her killed. This is more Mad King-like. Yeah, it this, sure is. This preservation with... I mean, your only goal is to obtain and keep your power. By any means necessary. So that that's more than just 
a desire to make to, to to make the world a better place. She doesn't want to do that at all. You know, it's completely she wants, different. She wants to rule the people. Yeah. She wants to conquer and rule the people, and that's it. And then we find out there's another reason why she wants to do that is that she's pregnant. She's got another Jamie hot cross bun in the oven. So this is child number four for the incesty uh, twins. And he's like, who are you going to say the father is? And she's like, oh, I'm going to say to tell everybody it's yours. Again, See, that's, Targaryen behavior, guys. That's why I think, you know, Jamie is, he's hooked. I mean, he's just trapped. He's not going to be able to. You don't think he's ever just going to have to. going down with the ship. Yeah, but guess what he did last time? He killed the Mad King. I mean, all the signs are there that Jamie's going to be the one to take her out. But hey, I love me a twist. I love yeah. being wrong about the show. Well, I that's love it. why. That's why the other, you know, the the you know the um, the Theon theory is a lot better than Jamie. I mean, I would I, love a twist I, I like love, that. That twist is a lot better than the little brother twist. Yeah. You know, I think I think Jamie's going down with Cersei. You think he is? I, yeah, He's just going to go to... There's nothing you've left. You've been right. You've been right so many times before, and I've been so wrong so many times before. I can actually kind of enjoy being wrong. It gives us something to talk about. Because otherwise, if it just agreed, you know. Well, no, I mean, I, I thought, you know, even like in past seasons, I thought, you know, you know, Jamie, had, there was hope for him. Even when he's traveling with, you know, Brienne, and he gives her um, Oathkeeper, and you see this sort of humanity in him, and now it's just like he is a complete... Cersei puppet. Well, he's sprung. He's always been sprung on his sister. And I, I think... And now the thing with But the, she does hug him. There's this kind of moment. It's the moment at the end of the scene where they're hugging and he's like, I'm going to be a father again. And she's like, hey, don't ever betray me again. Yeah. You know? But it's not, it's not a moment of... You know, I think it's more of a like, I'm on to you. Don't do that. Well, of course, but I, I honestly like think she's so he, crazy. Not that he's thinking she's of reject, every... she's reject, She's rejected Jamie before. It was uh, after he lost his hand when she thought he was like no man at all and been away from her. She was cold. Um, I think she's quite capable of murdering her brother. I think she is. I, uh, that I, would be a twist to me if she kills Jamie. I for think some she's reason. insane, and then Theon turns around and kills her. I yeah. mean, that could be the scene. That see, that's a that's. Pretty good too. That's a Game of Thrones thing that yeah. would happen. Okay, so we're Dragonstone, and you got Davos and Gendry. This is again funny scene. Gendry's in a hurry. He's just in a big hurry. He's been waiting three or four years. Like, yeah, yeah, come on. He's done. Yeah, yeah. He's shown up to set. Joe Dempsey's ready to work. He's ready to go. He's ready to get right to the thing. He had breakfast before he even got on set. Ate his his fermented crab and his Wheaties. He's ready to go. And so Davos is giving Gendry this lecture as they're going into the, uh, the mines, the dragonglass mines, to meet up with John for the first time. He's like, hey, just don't tell him who you are. doesn't need to know that you're Robert Baratheon's bastard. doesn't need to know any of that stuff. You just, you just, you're gonna, maybe you're going to forge some steel for the army. It's going to be awesome, and you're going you're gonna to be my, you know, my adopted son. This is going to be all good. Goes right up to John. Gendry does. He goes, hey, I'm Robert Baratheon's bastard. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Gendry. And John goes, oh, yeah, I remember you. He's like, uh, you're a lot leaner. <laughs> Kendry goes, and you're a lot shorter. Uh, and John, probably not into the short jokes. Uh, neither probably is Kit Harrington, but they kind of crack a smile. And, and Gendry's like, hey, our, our, our dads fought together, and they won. And let me come with you. I can be of some use. And Davos is like, look, you know, as my father would say, it's better to be like, whatever that 
phrase was. I didn't write the phrase down. I should have. Where he's like, should, what was it? I'd rather be something for a minute than dead forever. Oh, yeah. A coward for a like, minute yeah. or than dead forever. Yeah. So Davos is just trying to like weigh in with some advice going, no, Gendry, don't, but don't do that. And Gendry's like, hey, I'm going I'm to go with you. And I'm not uh, going to sit out this. And Gendry know. and John actually like each other out of the gate. They really do. There's like this kindred spirit of, oh, yeah. You're are, a they bast- ab- are they about the same age? Yeah, they're roughly the same age. They're both considered bastards. Yeah. One actually is. And uh, but the dad was at the end of this again. When he said some jokes in this episode. He's like, well, nobody mind me if all I've done is live to a ripe old fucking age. You know, guys, I'm just trying to weigh in with my two cents. That's why I'm still here. So we're at the beach, and uh, Tyrion has this moment. I feel like we just had this second of Jorah, you know, at Dragonstone. He rolls up, blah, blah, blah. He's about to leave. Tyrion tells Jorah he missed him, and he says, nobody glowers quite like you. I think John's got that on Not him, even Grey Worm. Not even Grey Worm. That's right. Uh, and Tyrion has that coin that the slavers gave them when they were taken captive. Uh, when Tyrion was Jorah's prisoner back then. And he gives that coin to Jorah and says, but I want you, I want it back. I want you to bring it back. And then Danny says goodbye to Jorah. And we have this moment where there's literally no tension. There's nothing between them, but just trust and love and faith and loyalty. And they clasp her hands, you know, and she's, she's just had him for what, maybe not even a day, a couple of days and they're going off. Yeah. They're going to, to harm's way. They're going beyond the wall. And so then she steps to say goodbye to John and John's like, Hey, you don't have to deal with the King in the North anymore. What does she say to him? She says she has a really clever line there. I've grown used to him. Yeah. And he says to her, I wish you good fortune in the wars to come. Which has not exactly been a phrase that has worked out well for previous people who've said it. Uh, we know that Sir Arthur Dane said it at the Tower of Joy. To Eddard. To, to Eddard. And we know that Mance Raider said it to John just before he was set on fire. And John had to shoot him in the heart with an arrow. So... Hopefully, Danny will uh, fare better then. Well, I mean, hopefully, John will fare better because everyone who yeah. said it. Who said it? That's right. Was oh. killed. Yeah, look at me not getting that obvious point. I'm just so not obvious sometimes. I don't really. Not very bright sometimes. Uh, yeah, so let's hope nothing happens to John. But at this point, we know that he might be immortal. We're not really sure. We know that Danny and John might both be kind of immortal. Pretty much until their part is done in this whole thing. The Lord of Light and Azora High or the old gods are keeping these people alive for their purposes. So now we're with the Citadel. Best scene probably. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this was the episode. This was the episode for this reveal. And the way they did it was also very trolly and very hilarious. And uh, also extremely frustrating, but I appreciated the humor. So, I mean, it's it's even more than the episode when you think about it. Yeah, 
it's it's really huge. So Gilly is sitting there with Sam at the table as they do every night. He's poring over books. He's really had a shitty he's, day. He's transcribing those uh those, those rotten yeah those mite filled books. Yeah. He's been ignored. He's been shot down over the, probably the most important news the Citadel has had in modern times. And he's just stewing over it. Now, Gilly's just learned how to read. She's learned how to read, like, what? I don't know, about a month ago, whatever. She's sitting there, and she's reading this book by uh, the High Septon. Uh, Maynard. Maynard, yes. And she's going, oh, did you know this guy wrote down everything? He wrote, like, how many windows are at the Great Sept, and... How many steps at the Citadel? By the way, there's 15,782. He even recorded his bowel movements. And he's just sitting there looking in the fire and just stewing. And she says, she finds this one fact about how Maynard granted an annulment. She asks, like, how do you spell annulment? And he's like, how you can be separated from your good lady wife. Because he's irritated with her, too, for some reason. She goes, well, anyway... This Maynard guy granted an annulment to a ragger, and she goes to finish this, and we realize that she is telling us this this High Septon granted Rhaegar Targaryen an annulment at a secret ceremony in Dorne and married him to someone else. At the same time, yeah. And Sam cuts her off to rant, and now, I mean, I think we paused. Boom. We paused at this point. And I did a very floppy dance in a circle. Now, I'm not the only one who's thought this, but I did have this come to my own brain on my own and then went out into the world and found that Redditors and others, uh, Watchers on the Wall and many others out there, thought exactly the way I did, which I've said before, probably even on this podcast, that I thought somehow Rhaegar and Lyanna actually managed to get married. But there's always been, what was the timeline like? He was dead at the Trident when he sent Arthur Dane uh, and his other dude to protect her at the Tower because he, she was with child by then. So some time had to have gone um, down. But we know that he was, yeah. you know. I mean, this all. He's divorced yeah. himself or annulled himself from Elia Martel, who may or may not have been dead by that time. I don't know. Probably it, not. You no, know, it, it had to have all happened before. The trident. Of course. Yeah. So, but now we know this huge news. That not only is Jon Snow a Targaryen and a Stark, he's actually the king of all the shit. Yeah. He he's, is, he, the uh, Iron Throne is his. He's, he's the first in line for the Iron Throne. Yeah. And he shouldn't be bending the knee. He would have, he would have superseded uh, Danny to yep. the throne. Because mm-hmm. this is Rhaegar's kid, male heir. Done. Dusted. Over with. And his name is Aegon Targaryen. I mean, I think we're going to find that out later. But if you lip read in that scene of the Tower of Joy, uh, Lyanna says to Ned, promise me. But before she gets to promise me, she says his name is Aegon. Do, we, do, we, do you think we find out in this season who Jon really is? Like, I mean, does everyone does find, he out? find out? Who does he, he really find is? out and everyone else find know. out? I don't know. However they choose to, to tell us, I think it would be kind of frustrating to go into season eight and him not know. Yeah. I mean, surely they're going to end this season with him going, what? I think he won't care. I think he'll still be like, you're the king of everything. You should be bending the knee. I think in John's, the way John is just designed, I think he'll go, that's awesome. I feel kind of personally good about the fact that I'm not a bastard and I've had to live my entire life like this and that's awesome. But if who am I going to tell the story to if we're all deaderized, right? 
So I think he would take it in John's stride and go, oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Came back from the dead. He doesn't run around telling shit on himself. Like, oh, by the way, totally came back to life. And she's like, you know, she goes, Danny goes around and just basically puts it on T-shirts. She's got a merch tent outside of wherever she is going, Mother of Dragons, the Unburnt, blah, blah, blah. I did this. I did that. I did this. And yeah. John's like, I'm the king the in the north. she stickers. Right. She's got pins. Flags. She's got hats, you know. Um, make America fiery again. She's got all the stuff. And John's just like, yeah, king in the north. That's it. Knight's king, knight's king, knight's king. Yeah, knight's king, knight's king. You know, yeah, that's all awesome. None of this will matter if we don't get there. So I think even if he gets the news, we're probably going to be disappointed in how he takes it. It's kind of like all these start reunions. Brand's like, what's up? Three-Eyed Raven. Yep, I know that already. Yep, I've heard that joke before. And Arya's like, yeah, nice to meet you. Who can I kill? Ooh, little fingers on the list now. Uh, which let's roll into that scene. Uh, we are at Winterfell. Oh, no, wait. So Gilly's just said this thing. We're screaming at the screen. Yeah. Twitter's exploded. Everybody's head's exploded. It's just nuts. And then Sam's had enough. Now, going by your theory, whether he's been pushed there by design by Archmaster Ebros, I don't know, which is pretty cool. Or he's gotten there himself, or a little bit of both, column A, column B. He packs up the fam. He throws his shit in his cart, and he's like, we're out of here. And she's like, are you sure you want to do this? And he says something to the effect of, you know, I'm tired of reading about achievements of better men. Now, we don't know where he's headed. He hasn't, again, he leaves there without knowing that Randall and Dickon are dead. Uh, We don't know if a... I'm sure the raven came from House Tarly to the Citadel to be delivered to him, but he didn't get it. So is he going to head for Hornhill where he's been banished? Is he going to go back to the wall? I mean I mean, I think that's where we probably would go. I, I I'm trying to think. It's like he probably thinks that's where John is. Yes. So, yeah, he's going back to the wall. Well, I don't know that he knows John's there because he did send a raven. Well, he sent, when he sent his raven, he sent it to Winterfell, and that's where John got it, right? And that's why he went to Dragonstone. So you're right. For all intents and purposes, he thinks John is either in Winterfell or at the wall. Oh, oh. He sent John at Winterfell. So mm-hmm. he knows John's. So I think that's where he's that's going. That's what sent John to yeah, Dragonstone. That's right. Person, so right? I think he's going, to, he's going to Winterfell. He's going to Winterfell or the wall or, you know, one or the other. He's going north. He's going to go to that place. So we know that he's he's out of there. And I'm kind of glad to see him out of the crusty Citadel. Although he kind of, <laughs> I knew he was leaving before he was leaving because he gives the Citadel, in, when he first sees the Citadel library, he has that, that moment of, you know, he has a full-on chub for that entire room. He sees the spheres and all the books, the great library. And when he leaves, he kind of has that bittersweet goodbye with the library. Yeah. It's I like, think, yeah. And he, he, he steals a bunch of, uh, he thinks, important books. Just because no one's reading them, obviously. No. No one's looking these up. Everybody's sitting around their ass. So he's snatching up these books, and he's, he's got, now he's got Heartsbane. He's got the most important, probably, books in the library that he knows about. He's got Gilly. He's got the 100th bastard of the old man from the Beyond the Wall. Yeah. So... Well, it was like when he first got there, it was like this whole light, daylight thing, and it was like, oh, all this information, and then when he leaves... It's in darkness. It's in total darkness. It's like, this is not what 
I thought it was. Yeah. Is that how you took it? That's probably how it was intended. Well, I mean, I mean no, that's just, probably it. Just I, the way they shot it. No, is, I think you're you know. you're absolutely nailing it. I didn't. I see. This no, is, uh, yeah. This is why we had these conversations. It's you know, <laughs> they were able to use the light and dark. Yeah, like that. Now the yeah. luster is off of it. You know, it's like oh, I was. Really, she said, "I." Gilly goes, "I thought you wanted to be a maester." He's like, "I no, not 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 at all." It's happened to all of us. You know, I've wanted to to be a lot of things in the world and gotten close to like my dream and realized it was bullshit. So totally feeling Sam on this one. It feels good to quit things that are not right for you, Sam. So we got to get through the rest of this. So at Winterfell, Littlefinger is talking to one of his Winterfell spies, a young blonde girl, and Arya spying on the spy. Arya is watching Littlefinger's um, every movement. She doesn't trust this guy. And this is an interesting scene because we don't know you know, what is Littlefinger's purpose besides just starting some shit between the Stark sisters? What does he get out of that? He can pry Sansa away to his side for himself, and he's got to drive a wedge between Arya and Sansa because he sees this opportunity. He sees that they are not cool with each other. And I think he lets himself be stalked. I didn't think this until you said it. Because I'm thinking... That he was setting a trap? That's what you said, and I didn't see it. I was like, oh, Arya's. She's sneaking up on Littlefinger. And you were like, nah. You didn't believe it for a second, did you? No, I didn't believe it. But knowing Arya now, is she baiting the baiter? She could be. It could be a switch and double switch. It could you know, be a switch back. Because that's what I would expect of her. You would hope. To because let... she, studied with the, she studied with the faceless men. But Littlefinger has been at this game for a long time. That's that's the thing. And then you know, even in the uh, in the you know uh, inside the episode, mm-hmm. someone was saying you know she hasn't dealt with Littlefinger in a long time. Right. So I kind of when you were like, "This is a trap." He's he's set a trap for Arya because what's happened here is that she breaks into his room and we know that Littlefinger gets wind of the fact that Maester Lewin had kept all of the Raven Scrolls. He had copies of every, you know, he had all the, the Raven Scrolls that were sent during his time. And Littlefinger knows that he's probably given some stuff away in that. He's, his hand can be shown in those Ravens. And Lewin knew who Littlefinger was just through communications, Right. So he sends Maester Walken to, like, round up one in particular that's damning to him. And then Arya, he leaves his chambers. Arya picks the lock, goes into his room, finds the raven in the raven scroll in his bedding. And you're thinking, aha, she's found him out. I mean, I'm so, I don't know why I was just gullible for this. The show is not just so dead on like that. And this is when you're like, yep, it's a trap, totally a trap. And turns out you were absolutely right, at least, because the raven that he leaves behind for her, leaves behind for her to find, uh, is the confession that Sansa had sent back to Winterfell and to Rob. Pledging her allegiance to uh, the Lannisters. Yeah, to Joffrey. And it read, Rob, I write you with a heavy heart. Our good King Robert is dead. 
killed from wounds he took in a boar hunt. Father has been charged with treason. He conspired with Robert's brothers against my beloved Joffrey and tried to steal his throne. The Lannisters are treating me very well and provide me with every comfort. I beg you, come to King's Landing, swear fealty to King Joffrey, and prevent any strife between the great houses of Lannister and Stark. So, now, we know... Uh, and even Rob knew at the time that this was written under duress. But Arya has not been around her sister since she was a little girl. And she's already kind of seeing things through her own filter. So this raven is going to potentially blow shit up between the sisters. Unless, as you say, it's a switchback. I think... I, a double-double cross. I think Arya's playing both of them. You think so, too? I think she knows how to manipulate her sister. She knows how her sister will act if certain buttons are pushed, and she knows how what Littlefinger is going to do. Oh, so you think this whole thing is a con by Arya? I think she's... I think she's... Um, she's pretending to beef with her sister? Yeah. Really? Well, I, I oh, mean... Oh, I would hope that would be right. That's I, clever. I, I hope think, so. Yeah, I think... She, I mean... She's learned so much. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, different different lessons than what Sansa learned. Um, and has been in the shit probably more than Littlefinger has. Littlefinger's been, like, playing, like, a little, lot of mental games. I don't think he's been stabbed in, like, the stomach, like, eight times. No, I think, I think, I, I want to see, I want to see Arya playing the whole thing. We want to see her outsmart him because we really don't. Do we really want Peter Baelish hanging out after Arya's dead? No one's going to stand for that. No. Yeah, I hope it is a double double cross. I think it's a double double cross, and I, I do. Even put, I do awesome. think I do. I, I kind of think it's going to be Arya that's going to kill Littlefinger. I think so too. It should probably go to Sansa, but now I'm rooting for Arya. She's got to kill somebody. She's, he just made that list. But I, I want to believe that what you're saying is cool because that's it's true because that's cool. I love, that, I love that it's going all the way back to I'm starting a beef with Sansa. That's – please let that be a thing. Okay, so now we're at, we're at Eat's Watch, and John has uh, brought his dudes to Tormund. And Tormund – they're downloading Tormund, and Tormund's like, how many queens are there now? Two. And you need to convince the one with the dragons or the one who fucks her brother. And John's like, oh, the, you know. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> and Torment's asking, like, we're talking about forces and how many men he has. And John's like, you know, how many, how many people did you bring with him? And, and he's he just like, just looks these at the guys. people at the table, yeah. And then he goes, the big woman? Did you bring her? The big woman? And uh, <laughs> there's actually a great screen cap of... Kit Harrington kind of rolling his eyes at him like, really, dude? Because <laughs> Tormund is really disappointed. The big woman. He's just so unhappy that Brienne didn't come with him. But we have at this table uh, our crew. We have John. We have Jorah Mormont. We have Theros of Mir. Well, oh, no, hold on. I'm jumping to that. Yeah. Okay, so, so Tormund says, hey, there might be some dudes that we can look at because we don't have a, a bunch of well, People said, despair said, for the rating party. He said, you guys aren't the only one who want to go. Right. They're, they're, yes, that's right. They came up here. These guys came to us. We didn't know what to do with them. We threw them in the cells. Yeah, as one does. As one does. If you're a wildling, it's like, I don't know you. And they probably had really, the wildlings are probably getting off and being the watchers on the wall because they get to throw all of these uh, these, these Westerosis in jail. <laughs> yeah, who's the cop now, motherfucker? So they go down to the cells, and so this is Gendry and Jorah and John and Tormund 
um, are in Davos is with them. Davos doesn't. Uh, he's he's come along as counsel, correct? Yeah, he's not going to go north of the wall. So he's coming down, and they're checking out who's in there. And this is Beric Dondarrion, Thoros of Mir, and the freaking Hound are in the clink at Eastwatch. I'm like, what? This is so crazy because they're following what the Red God is telling them, and the Red God is, is saying, you know, remember the Hound saw in the fire the wall made of ice. And all of these guys have had their visions and they're being driven by the red god to to go to the wall. Yeah. I did not expect to. to see them there. I well, didn't either. I, I did eventually, but I didn't expect to see them in the prison like that. I thought that was really cool. I liked it too. Yeah. I like this little twist that we, we don't get. Just, we're guessing and we're getting things spoiled for us and it's turning out to be something else. I always love it. No, Gendry is not happy because these, uh, you know, these these brothers that he's seen out in the field, you the know, brotherhood. He's, the brotherhood. He's like, oh yeah, thanks for selling my ass to Melisandre. Yeah, you know, because I was a virgin and she was going to sacrifice me. And Davos here had to like fish me away. And I think Jorah's not really happy about seeing um, one of those guys. Like there was sort of like this moment. They're it all was, like, it was um, um, Jorah uh, calls out. Uh, it's either Dundarian or um, Thoros. And they respond with a, you know, Jorah Mormont, it's been a while type of thing. And then Tormund looks at Jorah and is like, Mormont? Yeah, and he doesn't look. So everybody like, in the room has beef. Your dad hunted us down. Yeah. And yeah. nobody likes the hound. And the hound's like, hey guys, over here, uh, most hated in the room. I trump that every single time. No, but that kind of, it was, a, it was actually a funny moment. Yeah, it was great. They actually did in a scene... A, like one and a half, two minute scene, what entire movies do. Like the first act is like nobody gets along, nobody has a beef. The second act is sort of like learning to work together, and the third act is the big fight. They did that in like two minutes. So you have like the good and the bad, and the ugly and the ugly and the ugly, uh, you know, kind of coming together because they've got to go grab this White Walker, take it back to Cersei to show her this shit is real so she'll calm down and stop trying to rule everything. Although I don't think it's going to convince her at all. But so they're going to go and do this raid beyond the wall because they're not going to sacrifice their troops and just risk turning everybody in the Wildling army and in the north into the undead. We don't want to do that. So when we. When the wall, you know, they, they're at the gate of the wall, you kind of have this Mission Impossible uh, Reservoir Dogs yeah, they, shot. That group of, of men is, I think it's awesome. You got John, Jorah Mormont, Thoris Amir, you got Tormund the Wildling, you got the Hound, you know, a Clegane's in this, you got Gendry, a Baratheon. So you kind of have a, you have a representation um of all of these different elements, this cool in the gang that's going to go out there on this suicide mission, seemingly, just to get proof. Well, it's like, I mean, it's like you have... And you know they're going to run across Benjamin Stark. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to run just, it, yeah. To, to flesh this whole thing out. You, you have this group of, of fighters of, you know, it's it finally we get to see an actual group of uh, of like special forces yes because all of them can kick ass this is this is your seal team this yeah. is seal team six yeah and it's it's just going to be awesome it's going to be awesome sauce and shit is just fixing to get real i mean again what was this this is episode five we have two more episodes in this season yeah and that the, the previews for the next one Ooh, jesus fuck. yeah yeah wear a diaper hold on to your farts 
Um, I got a question, though, and we were talking about this last night. This entire time, these past several episodes, where the fuck is Ghost? Yeah, where ghost? is Ghost? I mean, I know we got to get a lot of things done. I know we got budgets and whatever, but come on, HBO money, you can't like CGI and a big dog. She's probably, he's probably, you know, meeting up with Nymeria. You think he's out with Nymeria and they're, and they're, they're just getting a huge pack together. Think they are? Yeah. I hope so. Because if that's the surprise, I'm fine with going we, to the we question spent, of Ghost. what, seven seasons, not, or oh, six seasons. Not knowing where Nymeria was. Yeah. So. I, I hope that's happening. I hope they're out, like, just gathering up all the wolves and they'll just come riding over the thing because that's going to be. That's Glory Town right there. There's going to be, I think what what's going to happen is there's going to be a moment where those, um, was, was it five? One, two, three, four. Those six guys get surrounded. And then, uh, what's his name shows up? Benjen. Yeah. Helps them fight it out. And then they all like escape into like a cave. Their crew. Yeah. I feel like Benjen's going to show up and then he's going to subsequently die. <laughs> like he's going to be. Well, he's he going to be our sacrificial lamb. He can't die. He's already half dead. I mean, he? Maybe he won't. Maybe everybody in this crew has got some sort of like immortality on their side. I don't know. Hound's got, you know, nine lives. Thoros of Mir, you know, has been bringing uh, Dondarrion back from the dead. Oh, by the way, another seven guys. Because if you carry uh, Beric Dondarrion, ja, John, Jorah, Thoros, yeah. Amir, Tormon, Hound, Gendry. So, that, so Benjamin would be eight. That would be interesting. I'm so excited. It's, I mean... Who would have thought we would see Tormund, the Hound, um, John, and and Gendry fighting next to each other? It's so cool. That's fucking just seeing badass. Gendry in the show at all yeah. just makes me go, woo! I just love this show because they're giving us so many it's fun like, reunions. Dude, that Warhammer is bigger than your fucking torso. It's awesome. And, you know, what could Tormund even do with that? Tormund of the Hound with the Warhammer. They just pick up Gendry, who's wielding it, and just use him. I I could see Tormund totally doing that. They need to make a uh, dragon glass warhammer for him. Yeah, that's probably coming. You know, Gendry's going to probably be able to do that. Let him stick around. Don't. I don't want there to be that obligatory. We have to throw a character on the fire. You know, going into the next season. I really don't want to do that. I want keep all the guys in the fight. But again, they're they have wonderfully surprised me. I haven't had one disappointment. So far in season seven, I haven't been. I wish they did, or wish they did that. I'm enjoying it. Well, they have. Maybe I'm a have, simpleton. Have I don't know. Have they ever thrown someone on the fire? I mean, every death has been important, important, and necessary. You know, it's not like even Tyene and Ilaria. Uh, you know, the way they they gave them an off screen death, but they gave them a really symbolic death. So yeah, it's not like a like Walking Dead deaths. No, well, we can't talk about that show right now because. What a bummer that's been. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, also, just side note, I just totally blanked over this. I knew it and didn't know it. Did you know that one of the Sand Snakes' names was Nymeria? <laughs> I was like, oh, poor. She had, she had such a great name. Died uh, on the boat. I don't remember any of the Sand Snake names. There were seven of them in the books. Really? Yeah. But we're going to go out with a bang. That look between John and Drogon. Yeah. I mean, my heart will go on. They needed they needed some really juicy music right there. Because it was like <gasps> Was that was that dude. a Celine Dion moment? I think it was a Celine Dion moment. It was like my my king. I not see, I'm taken away from this. Not only did he smell out John as uh, a Targaryen, I think he smelled John as King and I think he smelled out John as possibly Azora High. 
you know, his importance in the world because dragons are sentient. They're intelligent. Yeah. They understand what Danny is saying. Like they, they're paying attention. So I think he was just like, Oh, Hmm. Okay. I think they're a little brand like dragons. Danny's going to have to get a new ride. Yeah. He might pitch her to the curb, you know, because the King gets the, the, the big piece. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe, if we go with Masande's translation, you're going to see John and Danny madly in love, incesting it up on the back of Drogon. Way. Yeah, in a very targy way. Yeah. I don't know. Have to stay tuned for next week. Have to wait an, an excruciating uh, set of days to see the next episode. What's the name of the, the next episode? I don't have it in my head. I don't have it in front of me either. Yeah. So I'm sure it's it's awesome. So you guys have a good week. Um, stay safe out there. Things are a little bit fucking crazy in the United States right now. I mean, they've been crazy for a while. They've never really actually been cool. But these days, a uh, lot of crazy shit in the street. Uh, a lot of Nazis in the streets out there. A lot of uh, crazy shit. So take care of yourself. Uh, we're remembering Heather Heyer uh, today, who gave her life in Charlottesville. And uh, we're sending a... Uh, Peace and, and love and, and healing to her family. Um, and thank you for your sacrifice, Heather. Have a good week. Uh, take care of yourselves, as I've said. And bye. <laughs>